Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Mysterious AF. My name is Celesta, and I'm joined by... Charles, like usual. Surprise. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... We are recording episode 12. hey And, uh, yeah, can't believe... Can't believe we've made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> we watched a hostage to the devil. Cool name. Not, Not so, so cool, cool documentary. Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say it was an hour and 30 minutes of of hell. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It it's I guess it does live up to his title. <laughs> if you were trapped by Satan, this is what <laughs> It might feel oh like. God, if I had to watch this over and over again for eternity. Yeah. I, yeah. That would be horrible. Um, I mean, it really does suck you in with this catchy name, Hostage to the mm-hmm. Devil, which is also the name of the book that he wrote. Right. Um, yeah. So we, the Netflix description is, follow the eerie story of Father Malachi Martin, mm-hmm. a disenchanted priest whose belief in demonic possession would lead him to conduct several exorcisms. And I thought his name is pronounced Malachi. So did I. But it, they say it Malachi. So yeah, I um, guess that's well. He was Irish. Irish. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he was Irish, and that must so be the Irish pronunciation. Yeah. So this uh, description sounds pretty interesting, right? You know, like yeah, the title sounds great. The description sounds great. And an eerie story. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. We're recording around Halloween. I know this won't come out for a while, but like, I was like, ooh, creepy. I'm creepy. ready for it. It's dark yep. out. It's cold out. Yeah. No. <laughs> so right away, I guess uh, we're opening. There's credits. And you can tell right from the beginning that Father Martin is already dead yeah. and will not be in this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> They're just kind of, you hear some voiceovers and see some people and they, someone says that he's a warrior for God. And all I could think of was that dark-sided lady from Wife Swap many years ago. Dark-sided. No. I'll show it to you. I hope you guys have heard it. I'll show it to Celeste after this because it's it's hilarious. I remember watching it over and over again. So Like she was a religious nut or what? Yeah, she was a religious oh, nut. Wow. And she got switched with a wife who was a Wiccan. The entire house is dark-sided. He said her whole house is... She is dark-sided too! Oh, no. And so, I think, or something like that. And that sounds amazing. I mean, the family was very kind to her, but she was Freaking saying out. she's a, a warrior for God, and yeah. And, um, she, yeah. So. You did forget the very opening part, though, where it's a dark screen and we just hear noises. Okay. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did you... I just watched it today. <laughs> I think I remember it. Because I just was like immediately uncomfortable because it sounded like sex to me even though i know it was like there were a few times when they had this the screaming yeah. or like moaning and it sounded it, like sex noises you couldn't really understand what was going on and then they zoom in on like a bedroom door and you're like is this gonna be like you know the pervy priest story like what is happening i felt very uncomfortable <laughs> where is the do not disturb sign yeah. hanging from that doorknob what's going on behind that door <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so get ready for that. It's, it's not sex, you guys. Mm. I don't think so. They might have used sex noises right. along with some <laughs> quote, just, exorcism footage, yeah. but... Use what they had. Yeah. <laughs> so we... Okay, yeah, we heard from 
some of his friends mm-hmm. at this point. Like Charles says, we know he's probably not around. Um, probably dead. I thought maybe or in prison because again, I was concerned about the sex noises. But we get a priest telling us, and I think it's Malachi at this point, saying that the devil does exist and that the church has a protocol for exorcisms. Uh, they don't just do them willy nilly. Mm-hmm. There's like a you know step by step process. You can't just go out and say. Doing an exorcism today, just because. Yeah, and he says he states that exorcism is healing, and painful healing, something like that. Yeah, I I was confused about that too. I didn't know mentally painful or like emotionally, physically, all of it. You're just in pain everywhere. I guess if your head swivels around. And, you know, 180, it's going to hurt a little bit. I don't... Well, Father Martin <laughs> quickly dispels that that does not happen. Because he talks about the exorcist. I, it's, it he does. gets brought yeah. up a few times. Because yeah. I, I think the author of The Exorcist was kind of one of his enemies. So... Um, I mean, he says that doesn't happen. But then he's like, what happens is actually much, much worse. So it's like, he's still sensationalizing it. But yeah, didn't it, want to give too much credit to the movie. Right. And then we hear from another priest later. We'll go into that about stuff from that movie. Um, yeah. But we, yeah, we'll touch on that. Touch on that. <laughs> Talking about priests. <laughs> touch on that. Mm. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> and then, the other thing that bothered me, I mean, besides the fact that this documentary was just freaking boring, it jumps around a lot. And I get like they're trying to build kind of a suspense but then we jump back and like kind of learn that we're getting more thoughts on Father Martin and like some people love him and revere him and then other people think he was a total fake, he was making stuff up, he wasn't credible, blah 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 blah. And again, we still don't know why they would think that. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, controversy around this man's life for whatever reason. Yeah, basically this movie was not really so much about exorcism yeah. as it was about the controversy surrounding the guy who did Father Martin's exorcisms? life. Yeah, yeah, it was it was false advertising. Exactly. I thought. Also, like forty five minutes too long. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so we get into learning about Father Martin. He was born in Kerry, Ireland, fought in World War Two, and he ended up at the Vatican studying scripture. He was part of the Jesuit priest movement. Yeah. Um, uh, and this was in the 60s. Yeah. And apparently at the time, there was... We're getting kind of a history of Vatican reform and how they were thinking the Catholic Church needs to change the world. I kind of was tuning out at this point. It was I know, this was so the, boring. This was the point, too. I'm like, what are we watching? This is not what we expected. This, this is, is not, not what, what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shoot. Why is this happening? <laughs> I mean, maybe it's interesting if you are like your religious history, but they were talking about, I think the 60s was like kind of a big boom for the church. And then as like the free love movement and drugs became popular, the church like instantly started dying and churches were closing. Mm-hmm. So Father Martin was supposed to be part of this like younger crowd to revitalize the church. Mm-hmm. He did some things. He helped decipher the Dead Sea Scrolls, which I thought was pretty cool. I did that. I 
I also thought the same thing because I wrote it down. <laughs> did you go when they had him in town? I did not go. Did you? Yeah, I did. It was oh. it was cool. It's one of those experiences where you don't you can't read any of it, but you're just like, oh, dude, they're so old and, and if so I stole ancient. those, I could sell them for a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the the re- do you have the reporter's name? I did not write it down. Kaiser. Kaiser. The guy with the breathing tubes. What a very German name. Yes. His last name is Kaiser. <laughs> I I looked him up later and I didn't write down his full name, but yeah, yeah, his last name is Kaiser. So he had met him at some point and said he was a very sexy figure. I said the same thing. Within the church. I wrote yeah. down the same thing and I was like, did they hook up? Yeah, I was confused. That was my initial thought. You find out, probably no. not. Yeah. But, but he said he was a cool guy. He was telling dirty jokes, that mm-hmm. kind of priest. And again, I was like, if this turns into a sex thing, I'm out. But... It doesn't. It um, does. Well, <laughs> but not in the way you think it is. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, this is, sounds more like an ex- expose on a dirty priest because this reporter starts looking into him for whatever reason. I'm not really 100% sure. We find out a- more later, I think, why he's looking into him, but he was working for the Times. Uh, magazine and was there covering and he was an ex priest or Jesuit brother oh, really? also yeah oh I didn't catch that um, and so then he was working for the Liberal Times and <laughs> was over there interviewing people and figuring stuff out hmm. um, kind of about he was figuring trying to figure out what was going on with their church reform and what they were oh, doing okay. and okay. at least that's that was my interpretation yeah he eventually writes a book called Clerical Error mm-hmm. surrounding Malachi and which was yeah, basically smearing Father Martin. Um, we hear about it from Lila Carf, who was a friend, and she was actually the agent, literary agent for Father Martin. And they, she says that people were scared of Father Martin leaving the Vatican because he had a lot of secrets. And so you kind of wonder, like, who's really telling the truth mm-hmm. and yeah. What what was going What's on? What's happening? Yeah. So he does leave for whatever. Well, he's. I guess he thinks the Jesuits have become too liberal. Um, I wrote. I'm not a Catholic, so I have no idea what's going on in this documentary. But right. Like, he leaves. He moves to America in 1964, and begins writing books. And I mean, he has a lot of odd jobs and stuff. But like, he meets this. Agent, I don't. They Agent don't really know. Like you don't publisher. know how they met. Yeah, I don't know how they met, but she convinces him to start writing books. Yeah, she's like, "I'll, you know, help you work with you." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Where is this person I who's know. just like here, stranger? Let me, let's get you writing your life story, <laughs> and let's make I'll lots get you of money together. Awesome." Yeah. So also, when he left, he was released from his vows of obedience yeah. and poverty, but he or the other people say that he kept his vow of chastity, which yeah. I was like, mm hmm. Doubt yeah. that. Yeah, I, I agree. And at this point, I wrote down, when do we get to the freaking exorcisms? <laughs> Why? I wrote, I'm so bored, Charles, what have you done? <laughs> yeah, so apologies, everybody. This was my choice. Um, again, it, it sounded really cool. <clears throat> it's, but because you're listening to this, you don't have to watch it. Yeah, so there you go. A little Halloween treat. Well, but continue it'll be like watching. Christmas time. Yeah, probably. You hear this? Well, then they hear more from his friends, talking mm-hmm. him up. Uh, and then they finally start talking about the exorcisms. And uh, at one point, we hear that he was hurt by a stool 
flying through the air and mm-hmm. and, and cut him on his forehead. Mm-hmm. And then we see him speaking with Ed and Lorraine Warren at one of their classes. I guess they brought him in to just talk about exorcisms and he basically in this part he's talking about how actual evil exists and he felt that the church um, and the churchgoers were only focusing on like the love and the good and were being too passive on sin and evil things. S-I-N. Yeah. (laughs) He felt the church needed to take a stronger uh, stance on right and wrong. Basically... He believed in the black and white, which is, I don't know, very conservative, very old school thought, I think. But, yeah, to each his own. And then we hear from Jimmy (laughs) Petinito. Sorry, Jimmy. He was at the class and he sat in the back because he didn't want to distract the class, he said. I don't know. Maybe he came in late. I don't know. This was the class being led by the Warrens and Father Martin. Yeah. So they had a meet and greet afterwards and he was in line and Father Martin kept looking at him, kept looking at him. And finally he gets up to him and he's like, he immediately, he kept staring at me down the line and uh, I was like, oh boy. And uh, when I, when he finally got to me, he kept pointing at me, he goes, were you sitting in that back uh, corner there? And I said, yes. And he goes, well, you were distracting me the whole time. He goes, I said, what? He says, you have a glow about you. He goes, you're throwing off lights like I've never seen before. He said, uh, you're my favorite person in this room right now. He goes, it's an honor to meet you. And Jimmy's like, what? And this made Jimmy just feel special. And yeah, uh, he loved Malachi after that. Or Malachi yeah. or whatever. Malachi told him it was an honor to meet him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I, I, we heard something from Kaiser. All I wrote down was that he sounds bitter. He's still bitter. (laughs) He hates him so much. And then we get introduced to Ralph Sarchi, Mm -hmm. who is ex-cop slash demonologist. My name is Ralph Sarchi. I'm a retired New York City police sergeant, and I'm also a demonologist. Uh, Father Malky Martin was my mentor uh, when I first started out in work, what I call the work. I, I just saw like they show a little bit of Ralph helping with an exorcism and I don't know if Father Martin is there at this time but like he's got a rope and he's just restraining this woman and I was like oh that is it was uncomfortable those were the noises from the beginning yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I I looked him up and he oh, uh, good. he actually wrote a book and then they made it into a movie um about his experiences as a New York police officer and demons. And I can't remember what it was called, but Eric Bana's in it. Oh. It was pretty good So it's looking. not a documentary. It's like No, a, it's a, an action fictional. movie. Fictional action oh. movie. And they got Eric Bana to play this Ralph guy. And it's like, there's no comparison, nope. but <laughs> you got lucky, <laughs> Good Ralph. for you, Ralph. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he, Ralph, is telling us that there is no common denominator for people who are possessed. There's nothing... Except that they all suffer. They all suffer. And then he said that they were talking one day, him and Malachi, and Malachi said that God is going to allow more children to be possessed to punish the parents. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? I did, yeah. I wrote that I was down. just like, what the fuck? Honestly, like, really? God is not, from my perspective, not a vengeful 
dude waiting around to torture your kids to punish you. Like, where the frick does that come from? Yeah, he states that three, four, five, and six-year-olds will be getting possessed. And I'm like, I feel like kids at that age are probably already a handful. And now parents are having to worry about God letting their... (laughs) toddlers right. and young kids get possessed what yeah where does I it just... even come from and i think it was robert who told us this another one of his friends because i wrote down robert who's basically in love with him was robert, that the driver yes yeah robert morrow and he was like you know father martin or malachi was my best friend and whether we were sharing a burger or a pizza or whatever we'd be talking about kids getting possessed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? What? What weirdos. Yeah, and then I guess this is supposed to make us believe that, like, that's a sign of the end times, basically, when, like, more and more children become possessed. Yeah. So. Watch out, everybody. <laughs> it's the end of the world, because kids are getting possessed. <laughs> okay, so then the driver, mm-hmm. Robert, Robert, takes Malachi to we start to hear about how he's going to take him to meet this young girl um and her family and there's a good possibility that she's possessed by demons and i think she's like four years old or something yeah. like that but he was going to drive him two hours away to go to this house and then i'm like okay because they've kind of mentioned like the final possession or the final exorcism and you're like oh this is it this is the four-year-old like what happens yeah and then we get more sound clips of Malachi talking about the devil and how real he is and why God allows him to exist. And you feel like you're in a boring Catholic service and I just want to die. There's very little truth known about the devil. We do know from the church and from scripture uh, that Satan was one of the brightest and most intelligent of the archangels. Now, he did, though, rebel. And apparently there was a great battle between the good angels led by Michael the archangel against Lucifer, the light bearer, the son of the dawn. So he was defeated and condemned to what we call hell. I don't know if this is part of his narration, but he said that the goal of possession was to destroy a person's soul so it ends up in hell. So that's why these people are getting possessed. And I'm like, that's... So these kids are getting possessed. They're going to send all these kids' souls to hell? I don't know. Of course. I mean, don't Catholics believe that? I don't want to pick on Catholics, but, like, that's why they baptize... Babies. Babies. Oh, yeah. Because they believe, like, if they're not saved, they're just going to go straight to hell because God would just send a frickin' baby to hell. Yeah, I I think... Sorry. I think something like that. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to pick on anything. We don't mean to offend you. We are ignorant in the ways of... (laughs) I just don't believe that, though. But, um... But, yes. And then I love this... The journalist is back, Kaiser. And he, so he doesn't believe that either. And he doesn't, I don't think he believes in God or at least not what Malachi believes as a God. And he can't wait to die because he's going to have all of his questions answered. He's very excited. And it looks like he's about to die because he's old and he's on oxygen. (laughs) He was like Anna Nicole's rich husband, (laughs) old husband, basically, like... (laughs) Knocking on heaven's door. We also get to see a a man man named Matt Baglio who wrote uh, The Last Rite and Argo, but he went to the Vatican to do research on exorcisms and learned about Father Martin. And I I just wrote him down because he was the cutest guy um, in this documentary. So I was like, finally, something 
decent. We can look at. Yeah. <laughs> Bring on the eye candy. If I can't have an entertaining documentary, <laughs> just give me give me some good stuff to look at. Yeah. He could have taken off a shirt, but that's all right. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> Next time. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> and then we kind of get into... I think it's another a different priest giving us this, but we get the Code of Canon Law, which basically tells us how or why an exorcism can be performed. Yes, think? it was. Was it the Irish priest? There were a few I different priests. I think he was reading those. from it. Yeah, there. There's like three other priests that I can think of that are in this documentary, uh, but yeah, he's reading about. I guess it's from at the catechism and it's like a rule of like why people can be possessed and or when they can perform an exorcism. Right. So yeah, just what um, you said. Rule one. Well, I don't know if it's one, but I'm just going to make it one. Not anyone, not just anyone can perform an exorcism. And I just like to give a shout out to Campus Crusade who tried to give an exorcism to a epileptic girl at my college many years ago. Well, did they get the demon out? I don't think so. I think she stopped taking her medicine and probably got sick. They got in trouble for it. Are they in prison? I don't think they're in prison. But... Where are they now? Are you Facebook friends with them? No, I'm not Facebook friends with anybody from college. Maybe one person. Well, after this, can I have a list of their names so I can <laughs> look them up and see where they are now? Because I'm very interested in this. We could have them on the podcast. <laughs> I have a lot of questions for them. Honestly, like, no. Okay. I can't even, like, my old Bible study from college, they are all, like, very conservative. And Ryan's still friends with them on Facebook, and sometimes they get into conversations, and I'm like, I can't even look at this. I can't. I'm just going to go off on you people because you're freaking insane. That is all. <laughs> we have struck a nerve. I, I know because recently we got into this debate about this Christian group posted a naked woman on their album cover. And they're pretty, I mean, it was just her backside, really. It was her naked back and her barely a butt crack. And people lost their shit over it because they're like, You're causing me to sin by showing me nudity. <laughs> you're causing me to sin? Yes. Wow. By putting lustful thoughts into their head, which you're not supposed to do as a fellow Christian. So you're just supposed to look at a paper So apparently they can't even look at, they can't go to a museum because you might see nudity there. You can't turn on the TV because you might see nudity, like, seriously. It, yeah, it still bothers me because, and then Ryan got into this whole Facebook discussion with one of our old Bible study members and I just, I never really liked him to begin with. And then I saw him this like well, have you ever struggled with pornography and blah, 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 blah? And I'm like, dude, you're a freaking grown man. Like, if this is turning you on so much that it's causing you to lust and want to go Get off of Facebook. Well, grow up. Like, you're married with two children. You can't handle a woman's ass without losing your mind? You need mental help, right? Am I right? I agree. I think that's a whole other podcast where that we. That is a whole other podcast. I go behind Celeste's back and contact these people. I was like, and take pictures of me. Also take <laughs> take photos of Celeste's naked backside and send it to them. So. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. That's my rant. 
No, that was that's interesting. Very interesting. Very conservative Christian. I just there's more of them out there than you'd think. Like you think it's 2018. We're pretty hip. No, there's still a lot of scary people out there. Anyway, um, number two, need to make sure that it's actually possession and not a mental illness. So apparently, I'm not exactly sure how they go about this. I don't know if they bring in their own doctors or if they have their own tests that they run. Yeah, they said medical profession, but I was like, well, I feel like a whole team of medical yeah. people, like a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and a medical doctor mm-hmm. should be there to inspect or interview or talk to this supposed possessed person. Yeah, I wonder if they send them to a doctor and want to see a record. I don't, I just don't know how they make sure that it's not a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. I mean, it would need a whole slew of medical tests. Mm-hmm. Are they demanding to see people's personal medical records? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Hmm. Priest. Weird. <laughs> and we then we hear about Annalise McCall or McCall. Oh, the one who, yeah. I, I did not write her name down, but I do remember that. Yeah. Who was, she was supposedly possessed. Going through an exorcism. And... Wasn't she? Was she epileptic? Yes. That's what they found out? Yeah. yeah. But so she starved to death. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand this either. I'm yeah. like, ep- epileptic? Like, I don't know what it... I mean, I've had them in my family, and I don't remember them ever, like, refusing food. Right. So I don't know why she wasn't being fed, but she starves to death. That's how she dies. Right. And is the, she's the one where they're playing the audio of her yeah. voice. It is um, creepy as she Yeah, it is. It it did sound, I guess, like what I would think a demonic voice or a possessed person, woman's voice would sound like. Um, and it was apparently the real audio that some of the priests who were performing the exorcism had recorded. Was it Latin or was it just... I don't just... know. It's. I would say... I want to say yes, it was, but I don't remember, remember for sure. I don't remember if they actually pinpointed the in language or not. But Yeah. But so then we find out that the priest... the archbishop who granted the exorcism the priests who performed the exorcism and her parents were all potentially facing criminal charges potentially but we they, don't know if they did or not yeah did you look it up I no 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 don't care they probably <laughs> they probably didn't yeah they probably did i'm not. assuming this happened back in the day like people were just like oops my religion told me to yeah oh okay we can make another kid oh <laughs> She was like, she was college age. I hope I'm not getting my memories mixed up, but I'm pretty sure this happened on campus at my college as well. They didn't kill her, but they did try to. Did you go to school with her? Maybe I did. (laughs) Maybe I did. You don't know. Maybe it was in a past life. Maybe. (laughs) So we hear from a current alive exorcist who says that 90% of the people that come to him who want an exorcism are not possessed. Yeah. He tries to give us a very, you know, down-to-earth view of exorcism. He says, yeah, priests should be very skeptical. and mm-hmm. Which I was like, yeah, I agree. Yep. Should be. And then again, we get Malachi recording saying that, back to the children, Stan, <laughs> that children are being taught or brainwashed to worship Satan uh, or to be indifferent to him. He believed, like, TV and school... And just general 
American culture was teaching kids to just kind of be indifferent to the devil, which opens them up to possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, that this now some event would show the end of the Catholic world as we know it. Yeah. And uh, oh, and he predicted that possessions would the cases of possessions would rise after his death. <laughs> yeah. Like okay, well, how long? Like how long after your death? Like right away. Five hundred years. Five hundred years. <laughs> when you aren't even a memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, is is this happening? That was my question. And we hear from ex cop Ralph again, and he's saying yes. And he's like, okay. but right now it's the lull or the calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. And then we hear another voiceover, or I don't know if it's Father Martin or someone else, but it was. The beginning started out with abortion and contraception are what's bringing on demons, along with a long list of other... Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure that was Maliki. Okay. A lot of other issues that are causing demonic Uh, possession. Yeah. And he was just like, we are anti-life. We are anti-life. We're spilling blood. We're spilling blood. Every day. Blood everywhere. Never before in the history of man has the life's blood of so many been shed so violently, so mercilessly wasted. As in our day, we specialize in the death of masses as a community of nations today. And we belong to that community, whether we like it or not. The world is going to hell. And I'm like, oh, have you been talking to my father? Because you sound (laughs) just like him. So next I had Father Edward McNamara. Um, He's an old priest, old father, uh, another imagine that white hair glasses but he's the one who states that the exorcist everything that happened in the exorcist could happen mm-hmm. but he says that usually only one of those things might happen that one of the priests who's performed an exorcism who's been doing it for 20 years has only seen levitation once yeah and it's like well you must not just be doing too- enough then <laughs> see all that stuff going on <laughs> And I was like, they no one's ever mentioned the green goo vomit. Well, in real life, I don't think I, there was a there was a quote in there that Father Martin said, like, "Oh, bodies flying in green glue goo, you know, we're seen in the movie, but it's much more terrifying than that." Like I said earlier, so maybe it's blood. Maybe, maybe they spit up blood everywhere. Ew, that is gross. That probably smells bad. Probably shit everywhere. <laughs> Don't you think? Like, if I was that, the devil, right. I would make people shit everywhere. Projectile. Shit. Taco Bell all day long. <laughs> and then a ton of X-Lax just Maybe that's fest. why they starved that other girl, because she just kept throwing up and shitting. You should hold off food. I get it, yeah. Slow the digestive system down. Huh. Well, Sorry, that's just my vet no. tech perspective. <laughs> if your dog's been vomiting for the last 24 hours, stop feeding him. Well, I was like, strangely, <laughs> I'm still hungry. And now I want Taco Bell. Yeah, Taco Bell. <laughs> it does sound good right sounds now. Sounds good. <laughs> we are sick bastards. Sick, sick, sick. Uh, so my next thing was Mar- he Malachi decided to tell the truth about exorcisms to combat the exorcist. Is that what you have? Um, I skipped a lot because I was like, yeah, I did. Trim, trim, trim. I wrote halfway through and we haven't seen an exorcism yet. What the hell is going on here? Um, yeah, well, I think he, yeah, he came out in public and he was doing interviews and like touring the country and speaking at colleges and churches, all for a fee, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said earlier, some people believed he was 
sensationalizing these things and some people believed he himself were possessed um and then his friends believed that he was just attacked for coming out in public and saying things that people didn't want to hear or think about um you know spreading the truth yeah people don't want to hear that and i <laughs> so much notes on this oh, i had a ralph the ex-cop again he's he comes from a religious viewpoint also of performing these exorcisms as a demonologist. And he goes on to like this rant about how our money has in God we trust on it. Mm, yeah. And how we should take every penny we have and give it away if you don't believe in God. And he says, walk the walk. And it yeah. just made me laugh because I was like, if you are that conservative, like how is he allowed to have all those tattoos? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I was just curious. I like wanted to hear Such his take point. on that. So, you walk know, Ryan, the walk, Ralph. Ryan for a long time did not want me to get another tattoo, like because really? he thought it was a sin. Oh, but I already had one when I met him, so that was fine. But like, it's like you just can't get any more. So, but it's like that's only one sin. So like, right? Like, it, well, yeah. I didn't. He was willing to look past that once in a mind. Like, I didn't commit adultery, so can I get a tattoo? <laughs> can I trade this one for that? He used to be very conservative. Like, very. I changed him for the good, you guys. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think I would know him. Nope. Like, burn the gaze and all the tattoos. Yeah. I might be dead, or he might be dead. We probably wouldn't have gotten married, I mean. <laughs> Life would be so different. <laughs> yeah. Like that movie Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know if I love it, but I liked it. It's entertaining. I enjoyed it. Anyway, I fast forward after this, so I don't know what you have, but I have nothing until the four signs of possession. I think I skipped like 20 minutes. I was like, done. Did you skip past the twist? No, I got the twist. Oh, I must have skipped past. Oh, no. Oh. No, yeah, I missed that. <gasps> I missed Oh, that. my God. You missed Ooh. this out. So we hear from Art Bell, who coast to coast right, AM. Because you can't have a paranormal doc without coast to coast being in it. Somehow. Yeah, so he's having MM. That's what I'm calling him. I, that's how I wrote him in my notes. Malachi Martin, MM. He's having MM on his program. And MM gives out his personal information to listeners because, according to Art Bell, he wanted to help people. Well, he actually gave out Lila's phone number. So Lila, the his literary agent, comes home to the phone ringing, um, 99 messages <laughs> saved on her mach- machine. Damn, of course I missed, like, the best part of this documentary. I was like, wow, <laughs> he is such a fucking asshole. And, but then she goes on to say, he was absolutely tantalizing. What? What? She was, she harbored a deep love for him for years. Hmm. And I don't know if it ever... Hmm. Got consummated. So, but he, sorry, he mistakenly gave out her number. No, he gave out her number on purpose. On he purpose. told her after he did it. After he did it. What a dick. Yeah. So, Celesta missed this part, but this was the best part to me. This was a twist I did not see coming. We hear again from Kaiser, who finally tells us that. Un- unfortunately, man being man. Malachi Martin being a man, Malachi Martin uh, fell in love, quote unquote, at least he said he did, with my wife. And so they began an affair. 
Malachi fell in love with Kaiser's wife. There it is. And started an affair with her. There it is. And so that, he wasn't celibate his whole life. No. And that was the reason for clerical error. Oh. So. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. And no wonder he hates him so much. It explains so much. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, when we were talking about it at the beginning, I was like, well, I kind of think I know why he wrote this book and hates it. No, and... I totally miss that. Yeah, what an asshole. Wow, yeah. Very interesting. Did they get a divorce? Did they ever say? You did, he didn't really say anything more about that. You don't hear from her that. at all, so she could be dead or just yeah. out of his life. Yeah. So he was probably like, I'm taking my book money and leaving you, winch. <laughs> I don't know. That would. Yeah. So, and who knows? Well, it under alleged affairs, there was another one on the Wikipedia page about Malachi. So it lists Kaiser's wife. And then there was another woman before her that he apparently slept with. Mm, not uh, his publisher? No. I bet they did, though. I'm sure they did. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then I heard oh. it from the driver again. That's what I had. We find out that Robert, the driver, worked for the CIA. God damn it! Um, <laughs> well, he had gone to a spiritual, I want to say Jesuit or something school, and he studied Soviet something. <laughs> it was something like Soviet studies, and I was like, that sounds terrible and sounds boring. very 1960s. <laughs> yeah, but so then he started working for the CIA. Um, and he is... En route still to the place of this last exorcism, and he's starting to get emotional. Um, and then we get back to Jimmy from earlier, who was in Ed and Lorraine's class, who oh, uh, okay. M.M. was honored to meet. And Jimmy was contacted about doing a primetime special to do an assessment and exorcism on television. Mm. I was so, kind of wondering why they threw Jimmy in there at the beginning, because we, I was like, we never hear from this guy again. What is the point of this? But we obviously do. Uh, fast forward through the first 20 minutes, not some of the last 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it kind of describes what was going on at this scene. And one of the priests, this was interesting. Did you say about the fake, like how they could tell if a person was faking an exorcism or possession? Well, I have the four signs of possession, which the- basically... Yeah, like in the first 20 minutes they can tell or whatever. Yeah, he he said that if a person claims to be possessed, your person could fake right. knowledge of a foreign language, yeah. the fear of a crucifix. I don't know what else. What else did you have? Ancient language. Um, well, I guess the four signs were extraordinary strength, knowledge of ancient language, fear of sacred things, and knowledge of hidden or very far away things. So they said the first three can be faked, but the fourth... Knowing things like knowing your exorcist childhood trauma or something mm-hmm. like something that people shouldn't know, or like I know Charles's pet bunny's name from the third grade. Like, how would I know that? We never talk about it, right? But Stalker Steve, Stalker yeah. <laughs> Steve the bunny. <laughs> I didn't really have much more about the actual exorcism, yeah. Well, uh, just that malachi knows like within the first 20 minutes if it's fake and oh and then there's like smells and temperature changes and violence and things move and and he calls it like a very mucky dirty experience and i was like what because like I, did you get shit on you again shit on yeah by the it taco comes bell. back to the taco bell the taco bell butt <laughs> <laughs> like you it's like having a baby you 
spray everywhere. Did you have a note about um, when Robert came back to pick up Maliki and someone rolled down a window mm-hmm. and blew a kiss? Was it the, the, the little, little girl? girl. Okay, yeah. for some reason, I thought it was the mom. But I was like, that doesn't make sense. No, yeah, the... Um, Four-year-old girl. Yeah, he comes back to pick up Maliki, and the family's getting the girl into the car, mm-hmm. and then they roll down the window to wave goodbye or whatever, but then the little girl's face shows up in the window, and she just blows the priest a kiss. And he said it was, like, seductive. Lascivious. Yeah. For, like, a four-year-old. Yeah. The kind of the way you might imagine a whore blowing a kiss to a John who just paid her a hundred bucks. That's what it was. Ugh. Gross. Yeah, it is gross. Gross and creepy. I mean, if she did it, gross. And, and I mean, I instantly wonder what's happening to this little girl. Right. That well, the, she would do this. The psychologist, did you have any yeah. notes about her talking about the tra- sexual trauma mm-hmm. she might have experienced, but it's usually... something she's probably taught or mm-hmm. experienced, yeah. Which I was like, oh, ugh. But then she also said, too, and I actually wanted to ask our friend Bree about this, that it's not common to see that sort of mental illness in, like, that young of a child. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Do you think that's true? I mean, do you think it's... Well, it's did she say what kind of a mental illness, like, it would have been? I don't think so. I don't think so. Did she say, sch- I mean, schizophrenia? But yeah, the, well, yeah that, that usually sh- doesn't show up until... Like, like yeah. yeah. But... I guess I don't know what, I don't know, but I was like, some kids have to be diagnosed with stuff at a young age, you would think, maybe not four. It's probably hard if they're barely talking and able to actually do anything. And I would think a mental illness that causes behavioral change wouldn't start being present until their early adolescent years, because their brain, I mean, your brain's still forming a lot, but I would think like behavioral... Maybe, like, if they were, I don't know, prone to Asperger's or, mm-hmm. or something. I, I don't know for sure, but I would I would think the kind of mental illness I was thinking of, like, schizophrenia or bipolar, I would think would not be till later, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Could Probably be, wrong. But you're smart. You studied psychology for a while. A long time ago. That is what <laughs> I got my degree in. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. For some I did reason, not I take... didn't think you graduated. I guess I did. Yeah, did. No. I did. I did not take. Congratulations! Um, thank you. Thank you. Where's my graduation present? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I did not take um, adolescent psychology yeah. or whatever that was. I took the psychology of like elderly people. Because I was like, I'd rather deal with elderly right. people than kids. Same. Now I deal with none. Neither. <laughs> that also sounds good. <laughs> um, so then they're driving away and, you know, Richard? Robert? Robert. Damn it. Robert. Robert and Bob. Malachi are talking about the case and, and Malachi's just convinced that the girl is possessed. So this wasn't... The exorcism that was taking place. This was just like a meet and greet with the family and little girl. Um, he was convinced that she was legitimately possessed and that it would be a very difficult case. Mm-hmm. The next thing I had was that Malachi fell from a stool while reaching for yeah. a book. <laughs> the man had heart problems. Uh, falls from a stool, hits his head, starts calling his friends, I guess, to tell him that 
He didn't actually fall. Yeah, a creature grabbed him above ankle and caused him to fall. Mm-hmm. And he now he's in a coma. Couldn't have been that you were an old man that shouldn't be walking up and down ladders and stools. But well, and I, he's I thought it was he called it a footstool, and then someone else and said it was a ladder. Yeah, Kaiser said, said it was a ladder. ladder. And it's like that's a big difference right. of yeah things to fall from. I mean, I guess when you're elderly, anything you fall from is dangerous. But I would think when I think footstool, I'm like, okay, maybe I fell like a foot. But a ladder, you could fall five. Very far, yeah. But, I was but like, he was getting a book. A book. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Who knows? We don't know. But he goes into the hospital. He goes into a coma. Um, Friends start praying for him. I'm sure they were praying because he was in a coma, but they also felt like he was, while he was in a coma, battling, like, demons. Yeah, just like you do every time you're in a coma. <laughs> in a horror movie, you know. <laughs> Um, Freddy Krueger is, oh, yeah. like, after him big time. <laughs> He's not going to be able to escape. He's old as hell. Yes. Old as hell. Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't figured it out yet. He dies. I said that at the beginning. So. But, so I fucked it up for everybody. Sorry. But, yeah. You, did you say spoiler? Because. I didn't. Oh, my gosh. We have to edit that in. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoils. Spoil. Spoil. Beep, beep, beep. Okay, so then you're like, okay, well, the final exorcism apparently never gets to take place. They kept mentioning it through this documentary, like, oh, the final one, the final one. Well, okay, it never actually gets to happen. But then, four years later, we learned that the demonologist guy, Ralph, Ralph, actually assists or actually performs the exorcism on this little girl who is now eight years old. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he wrote the book that became the movie. Ah. This girl needed years and years of exorcism. There was no doubt about that. We weren't dealing with a demon. We were dealing with a devil here. And it was very, very powerful. He, so. I mean, he believed he was dealing directly with the devil. Yeah, I'm sure he believes a lot. Yeah. And they had video of this, too. And they Was w- that when she was screaming and screaming and screaming? No. She he was just asking her question, or she was speaking in Latin, and he was asking her how oh, yeah. she knew, and she's like, "I don't know, I just know." And I'm like, "Well, it seemed, I guess it's the way an eight year old would answer, but it also seemed like, well, you could have been told by your parents to tell him that, like, yeah, four years from when they met Malachi or Malachi to meeting Ralph, they could have easily taught her Latin in that time. People are friggin' weird, yeah." <laughs> My daughter's gonna gonna learn Latin. Yeah, All right. get stone. a TV special. Yep. Or they're just hardcore religious people who think it'd be cool, and then they just tell her not to tell anybody. She didn't. I didn't. Were there was there video for screaming? I think it was from the one earlier that was being televised. Okay. That's I was mixing it up with that the part you skipped over. Yeah, she, it looked like they were in church pews, just sitting and talking to her, and yeah. I'm like, this is boring. More boring. Stop. I hope she's not possessed, but this is boring. Anyway. And then I I wondered, like, what does this do to a child who's been told since the age of four that she's possessed? Or like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's Like, a good are they question. not acting weird around her or are they acting weird around her and acting like she's possessed? Is and... she allowed to go to school? Like, uh-huh. what are, does she have friends? Where is uh-huh. she now? Is she Carrie? Does is she... she grow up to... Is she Carrie? <laughs> is she on Facebook? <laughs> And contact her at Campus Crusade and this girl. 
She started Campus Crusade. We can get them all together. Yikes. Oh, okay. This is the the bomb that I had, which I was texting you about. Oh. Was the fact that, according to the Jesuits, Malachi Martin, uh, once he left Rome, he was no longer a priest. Like, he had quit, he was done. In 1965, he had yeah. no right to perform an exorcism. Right. Um, which was, I think, when the affair with Kaiser's wife was discovered, is when he left the church. Oh, that's probably why he left. So when you texted me about the spoiler, or the something great, <laughs> I thought it was the revelation yeah. about the affair. I mean, that is actual, legitimate. Yeah. yeah. So. What did I say it was? You're like, the last 15 minutes, da 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 And I was like, I paused it. I was like, there's still 40 minutes left in this damn movie. What is she talking about? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I was like, what did I call it? Oh, a twist. A twist. I'm Duh. I'm just trying Duh. to think of the word. Like, what is the word? <laughs> a twist. Yes. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, then again, his friends rushed to his rescue once a priest, always a priest is what they say. And he was doing it to help people and yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then, but then they said this too, like he had no right to perform an exorcism unless he had permission from a local bishop. So did he? They don't, they don't describe say. it. Yeah. We don't hear any more about that. We don't, we don't learn if he really did. Maybe he forged a signature. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's true, which I I'm leaning towards, yes, it's true. His whole life was a fraud. Pretty much. He was I a think he just, big fraud. Yeah. He liked to sleep with women. Big no-no for priests. Also, mm-hmm. you shouldn't sleep with children. Uh, he wanted to write books, and he toured around. He probably made a good chunk of change, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah. And we can't ask the Warrens what they thought, because nope. they're gone. I didn't see any Gatorade bottles nope. of holy water this nope. time. Surprisingly. Um, I'm sure they were there. Yeah, they were off screen. (laughs) And then we get back to Art Bell, who... And I guess I missed the first Art Bell interview, but he says, like, there was just... He knew so many things. Malachi knew so many things and told him so many secrets. But, you know, Art's like, I promised I never would tell. But here's a tidbit. Imagine the worst thing you can imagine, and I will tell you, it will be worse than that. Yeah, drama, dramatic. And and no context, like, what what will be worse? Exorcisms? The end of the world? My diarrhea. (laughs) Taco Bell diarrhea? Yeah, like, what is worse? God. Being in a good car... For hours with no bathroom in sight. <laughs> Actually, I wrote, the worst thing I can imagine is this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Being forced to watch this over and over and over and over. Like, there, yeah, this there was nothing that could have salvaged this for me. It was... Well, okay. I'm happy to learn about the affair, shockingly enough, because that would have been something. Yeah. I'm a little bummed I fast-forwarded over that. <laughs> Honestly, I just wanted to watch Buffy before, like... I had to go to bed, so <laughs> someone's getting late now. Well, Charles got me obsessed with it, basically. This is basically going to turn into a Buffy podcast. It should. <laughs> it should. Can we just talk about Angel? Shirtless Angel. Shirtless Angel. Shirtless sweaty angel doing Tai Chi. Mm. Or being evil. I mean sexy both ways. Yeah, either way. 
<laughs> we have better things to think about than this <laughs> shitty documentary. <laughs> so we should end this. Yeah. Do you have any good closing thoughts you want to close with? No. I mean, the the closing doc is Malachi, Malachi, preaching about fire and brimstone again. Like, people will be punished. You better repent. Blah, 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 blah. And all I had was, fuck this documentary. Yeah. Because okay. it, it was bad i mean i'm sure you can hear in our voices we were just not excited to talk about this <laughs> like we can't even really make this fun usually there's something <laughs> we plow through usually there's something that we can kind of laugh about or some kind of quirky character like even with american ghost hunter as shitty as that was <laughs> it was still better than this it was fun to laugh at yeah this there was nothing fun to laugh at it and it was an hour and a half like it yeah was... i don't know why it was Sometimes I think people just think it needs to be that long, like regular movie mm-hmm. length. Yeah. But really, this was just... Brutal. Just brutal. So much repeating. So many of his friends. And anytime you just have friends on, I don't... Besides Kaiser, they really didn't have a critic. You're right, man. I mean, they didn't have anybody coming out and speaking against... Probably nobody from the church wanted to, but like, I don't know. You could have had a good mix hmm Kaiser's wife, if she was still alive, could yeah. have found her. But yeah, this was this was not good. So that's gonna wrap us up for episode twelve. Yep. Po- we sound so positive <laughs> and pumped right now. Celesta, what are we gonna watch next time? We are watching The Truth Behind Atlantis. Yay! Mermaids, Charles. Mermaids. <laughs> well, I was thinking of Atlantis the Resort. Oh, well. I thought you're going to take me there for my birthday. I am. Like 20 (laughs) years from now. (laughs) When no one will want to see me in my Speedo. Great. Great. (laughs) Just keep working out. Your body could maybe just gets better. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's always surgeries. (laughs) (laughs) They just become more and more affordable. Yeah. And more efficient. (laughs) You get your butt implants. I get my boob implants. We will age gracefully. <laughs> um, so thanks, guys, for listening to us. And uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook, Mysterious AF, on Instagram, Mysterious under dash AF under dash podcast or <laughs> underscore under dash underscore. I don't know. Whatever. Thanks for listening. Yep. We'll be we'll be back <laughs> to talk about Atlantis. You like it or not. <laughs> so in the meantime, stay mysterious. Stay Wait, let's do it again. (laughs) So, in the meantime, stay stay mysterious. mysterious. Bye. Bye. I'm slow. I wrote that. I'm probably slow.